0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
1: Oakland A's baseball is just an hour away and
2: that's one gonna that hit the left center and hit well Benintendi going back at the track turning around he'll look and watch it fly the guy's
3: went to center back is Buxton takes a look up it goes and
1: gone it's time to take you inside the clubhouse with the A's Total Access pregame Show presented by Chevron. Follow the A's 24-7 on A's Cast, your home for non-stop A's baseball. A's Total Access with Chris Townsend starts now.
4: Game 2 of the three-game set between the Athletics and the Red Sox coming up next right here. On A's cast, where the A's are 21 and 42. The Red Sox are hot. They're now 33 and 29. Vince Catronio joins us from Fenway Park. How are you
3: doing? I'm good. Beautiful night. Uh, just some wispy clouds up above. James Caprillion. And let's see if the A's can uh, get this, the uh, middle game of the series tonight. I was
4: asking about favorite ballparks and how okay. you've been to uh, all these ballparks. Where
3: does Fenway rank for you? well it's you know it's history, so it, it has to rank high because of that. your vantage point is almost directly above home plate, so depth perception uh, can be challenging at times but you got the green monster walked inside the green Monster today with Jesse brought him in there for the first time <laughs> some place that Marcoze has never been ironically all the years that he 's been here and even played for the Red Sox so you know it, it's great the seats are really small you're really cramped, but it 's a great atmosphere it's you know, it, it has to rank high based on that—not necessarily the best place to work—but there are a lot of things that Fenway has going for it. You know, what's so interesting
4: is that, like, you build a stadium that's been around forever, people love it. But if you built a stadium like it now—I'm talking with the modern and the man and, amenities and, yeah, there you go. And but if you <laughs> did the quirkiness of the walls and the pesky pl- people, would hate it.
3: Yeah, probably, but, you know, we haven't been to Baltimore yet. You know, they made a lot of drastic changes to Camden Yards, which was, you know, the ballpark that tried to, you know, go back to yesteryear with the brick facades and the, the, the different feeling inside the ballpark and closer to the action. So, I mean, they've made some changes there, and you're right. I mean, it, it changed the ballpark, and people don't like that. Yeah. This this place is, you know, and they've spent a ton of money. They've, they've uh, so many coats of paint, but the monster seats and some of the changes they've made with some of the seating they've added – in places where you didn't think they could add any seats. They, they have milked every inch of this acreage here uh, at Fenway Park.
4: Uh, what do you need to see from Cap today?
3: Uh, he's been aggressive with his fastball. He, he says Every time I talk to him after a start, he says that it's getting closer. He pitched pretty well against the Guardians, a pretty good offensive lineup. I want to see probably some breaking balls for a strike. Uh, just see him continue to compete. This place has great memories for him, as you know. He made his starting debut here, got in trouble, bases loaded nobody out in the first inning, allowed one run, and ended up with a win. So hopefully those things uh, play out the A's. They need a win. and uh, They need a, a win desperately. Maybe James could be the guy that can uh, start that process to deliver it. It's when his father became a star. Yes. <laughs> well, look, we're, we're all dads. you know. Yeah. We're all dads. I mean, I, I root for my son and my daughters when they were in sporting events. I know you root for the daughters as well. That stuff takes precedent. I'm totally okay with, with Caps' dad doing what he did because it was, it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and he was you know, living, you know, living all these things out and doing it without his mom, who passed away years ago from breast cancer. So I was 100% behind. Even though he was over the top, I was cool with it last year.
4: Awesome stuff. All right, have a good call. We'll talk to you after the game. All right, Tony, thanks. Coming up, Mike Farron from SiriusXM right here on A's Total Access.
2: This Father's Day, visit Boot Barn for quality gifts and personalized services. Gifts range from American-made and handcrafted cowboy boots to durable suede jackets, iconic western shirts, and heavy-duty jeans. We provide same-day gift delivery with gift wrapping and a card included. And when you visit us in the store, our team of experts can help guide you as you shop. Boot Barn for Father's Day. Unwrap the West. This is Joe Cordell of Cordell & Cordell. I want to speak to the dads
0: who are being denied access to their kids, excluded from key parenting decisions, are contending with child support issues. In all of these cases, doing nothing is probably not a good strategy. The law has given you rights, but you have to assert them. If the challenge is the cost of an attorney, Cordell & Cordell offers a capped fee option. Give us a call. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell and Cordell San Francisco area attorneys. Nine five one Mariners Island Boulevard, Suite three hundred, San Mateo, California nine four four zero four. This is A's
2: total access.
4: Mike Ferent from Sirius X and the MLB channel. He's in Omaha for the College World Series. But we're talking big league baseball and the process of not rushing young players.
2: Guys are moving faster than ever before. And the gap between A and the big leagues has never been bigger. And it's not. No, I know you want to see them. I know because it's frustrating because the team isn't playing well. But there is a process and you can't rush it. And I think that the players who, who are we rushing? have the best. I mean, anybody. Who are we
4: rushing? We don't have anybody.
2: Well, that's the point is that they're <laughs> not ready yet. They're not ready yet, Tommy. Woo! They're not ready.
4: We don't have
2: it. Yet. You said, wow, well, you, you just said, like, there's guys that the guys are coming too quick. Then, clue, who are you talking about?
4: We don't. I mean, we're still, we were talking yesterday. We we're like, well, you know, one of the guys could should, could should be Sheldon Noisy. I'm like,
2: oh boy. I'm just saying, in general, the issue has been that guys have moved too quickly and they need more time than what they've been given. They're, they're basically drinking from three fire hoses. When
4: okay, then I'll say the this. House. This is my problem also with that. Because I'm almost thinking we need to get, we need to start thinking of players almost like running backs in the NFL. That you got no, five no. years. Well, we don't want to pay them when they're in their 30s. We want to hold them back because of time because we don't want to pay them in it's their 20s. It's not because
2: time. It's the, de- man, the level of play is significantly different. I'm but we don't want to pay
4: guys in their 30s. Th- here's the thing. Here's
2: the thing Will you agree, it's, with, it's that? Become, Will you agree that? with that?
4: Will you agree with that? We are now anti but guys. The a's in their don't 30s. want
2: to, or you mean the industry? Doesn't? The industry. No, I don't think that's the case. I think I think what I think you're right that they that they have moved away from guys who are in their later thirties, um, as opposed to finding guys that are maybe younger that fill a similar role. I agree with that. I don't know that that's the right move, and I'll be curious to see if that thing if that starts to come back. I do think some of that is cost, but I think you know guys guys also have to make a decision on wh- whether or not they want to play for a certain number or not when they get to that point. So I don't, I don't think that's the case. And I don't think that rushing a guy to the big leagues means that you're going to get everything out of them. I mean, player development in baseball is different than it is in other sports. It just is. And we're getting guys to the big leagues quicker, much, much quicker than they have been in the past. And I don't know that it is necessarily to the benefit of the player in that regard. And as much as the service time manipulation line continues to get repeated, and there are certainly instances of that, Chris Bryant was a pretty high-profile fr- instance of that where you're just trying to get the extra year of service. In this, in most cases, I think what it is is that the teams are trying to balance when the right time to bring a guy up is a, to bring a guy up when they're prepared to face the challenges of big league pitching. They're, the two biggest jumps in baseball are from A-ball to double-A because you're having the number of players and from triple-A to the big leagues. And it is a completely different game. I just did minor league games for a week in AAA in Omaha. There's some talented players there. There's like one of them that I look at and go, yeah, that guy's got a chance to be a solid big league regular and could get called up now and probably only struggle for 200 plate appearances. Among prospects. So like, I I don't, I just on principle do not agree. with you. Is there just not enough players? No, I think it's just, I think guys are moving too quick. I think that's what it is. I mean, I I think that there probably has been a talent drain to some degree, but that's a much bigger. I mean, hell, I'm watching. We don't have enough time to (laughs) get into all of that. You know, the way the draft changes have happened and impacted players. Hey, our first game today was 13 to
4: nothing, and we had three position players pitching today.
2: Yeah. Well, that's just, I mean,
4: I mean, seriously, there's a thing to look at between all of these teams, the the certain group of teams that are up here and the rest that's all fallen. And you're looking at the quality of the game and you're looking at how the game is going. I mean, we had three, one team pitched three position players. Today. Right.
2: That team was supposed to contend for a playoff worth this year. So now they've lost a couple of players due to injury and they lost, they lost their, one of their top offensive prospects hasn't produced at the league level at all, in part, because he barely had any triple a time. Another one got hurt in spring training. You have what three fifths of the rotation either on the injured list or the restricted list because of personal matter? Like you start going through that, yeah, they're thin on talent. But they, I mean, they didn't have the depth to be able to hit with a number of injuries and whatnot. And so that's why they were down thirteen to nothing today. I mean, that's what that's why they had to pitch. I, I mean, I don't like position players pitching. I think two generations ago, we wouldn't have seen teams go to a position player and that you'd have, have a long guy whose job is so cost or construction. And I certainly think there are things that can change in that, but let's not just think that we can, Hey, this guy's 20, give him a crack in the big leagues. It's the special guys that have that chance They're The special guys that can do that. And that's, there's like three or four of those guys, maybe total in all of baseball, regardless of level.
4: Well, what, what doesn't get brought up and all, and I'll use our organization is that yeah, we're talking about outliers, but then you start looking at, way. but even with COVID, we're still drafting 20 rounds. Where the last 10 years are the second rounders, the third rounders, the fourth rounders, the fifth rounders. And it's amazing how, you know, like for just our organization, you start looking at our roster and the majority of guys are not our draft picks. Where did all of our draft pick goes? Where did they go? So when you do make the changes of Mania's gone. And then, well, first we start. We saw Bassett, we saw Olsen, we saw Chapman, then we saw Mania, we saw the influx of players coming in for those trades. But then you start looking around going, all right, the international signings, the draft picks, because the majority of our roster are not guys that came up through our organization. Mm-hmm.
2: How many of those guys were – I mean, I, I don't have it at my fingertips. How many of those guys were traded to try and help keep the team competitive over this last – you know, four or five year period where they were competing for playoff berths.
4: How many guys for what?
2: Well, of, of the A's. I mean, you're specifically talking about the second rounders, third rounders, fourth rounders. Where are they? How many of them were traded for major? Some, but we didn't make crazy moves. I mean, you know, listen. There are there are draft and development issues in a lot of organizations. Um, I think I don't know that the A's necessarily are a significant outlier in that regard. Um, I think you know when you see systems. You know, one of the things you saw was that that they did kind of a quick reboot this last time um, to try and support Chapman and Olson when they saw that they were coming. Um, I'm not sure where the impact lies beyond that now. Now, Langoliers seems like it swung the bat pretty well in the minors, right? Who was part of the, the Olson trade? Um, you know, I'm curious to see what happens when Nick Allen finally is ready to see how he handles I think he's going to handle shortstop fine, but how much bat is there? Um, but, you know, like, look at Pache. Like, does Christian Pache look like a guy who, um, you know, is getting it figured out at the big league level? I think that there's, there's some question about that, you know. Does he benefit more from playing against the top level of competition versus what he does in, in AAA to try and make some adjustments outside the limelight? I don't have a good answer to that. I think that's that's one of the decisions that an organization has to make when they know the player. And so, you know, I it, everything is an individual – everything is individual, right? But – I get it, it's a frustrating year so far. A really frustrating.
4: Part two coming up with Mike, but up next, Jessica Kleinschmidt right here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron.
3: Coming in at five foot three inches, it's number one mom. She switched to Xfinity and got the all-new three-for-one bundle, unlimited internet, streaming, and Xfinity Mobile. All for what you could pay wireless companies for just one 5G unlimited line. Boom shakalaka! Go to xfinity.com slash one. call 1-800-XFINITY or visit an XFINITY store today. Limited time offer, restrictions apply.
0: Xfinity mobile requires post
3: Xfinity internet. After 24 months, regular rates apply to all services and devices.
6: August 6th is International Trading Card Day and Topps wants to celebrate with you. Visit your participating local hobby shop where you will receive a free pack of cards plus a special card if you purchase $10 or more of Topps products. While supplies last, post your packs on social media using the hashtag TOPSITCD and follow along with TOPS. Visit tops.com for more information.
1: A's cast is your destination for nonstop A's baseball.
2: Outside corner, ring him up. And Eaton can't believe it. Perfect fish right on the black. Breaky ball hit high in the air to left. It's deep. Back on it is Eaton. At
1: the track, at the wall, and gone! This is A's Total Access with Chris Townsend, presented by Chevron.
4: Jessica Kleinschmidt is with us. How are you today?
7: I'm good, Tony. How are you?
4: i am doing well ready for a little baseball and i know jonah bride is a good story going right now
7: yeah you know and we all know he made his um debut tuesday and my phone blew up when he was getting the call up i didn't realize how popular he actually was among prospects and everything like that but i felt like my followers and tweets were just going crazy but since he did make his mlb debut last night he gave oakland an mlb high 10 players to make their major league debuts this season. County, what do you think the overall number is for MLB debuts is going to be come season end?
4: I hope it's a ton. I want to see as many guys as we possibly can. I know a lot of people have tried to put the numbers of roster moves and how many debuts and seeing that as a negative thing. In a year like we have now, more the merrier. I want to see as many guys as possible. I think it's a lot, and I hope it's a lot.
7: I agree. I always love a good storyline, and luckily it's not getting as mundane as I thought it would, so I'm very appreciative of that. Um, You're a fantasy football player, yeah? Yeah. Okay, well, when it comes to Golden Tate, do you know he's actually a really good baseball player, and what he's actually going to do is go back to his first love, baseball, and yesterday he actually signed for the rest of the 2022 season with the Port Angeles lefties, an indie ball team, And, you know, he was actually drafted twice in um, MLB from Notre Dame, really good standout player. So even at the age of 33, you can still continue your dreams, even for a Pro Bowl wide receiver.
4: That is awesome. I did not know that he played baseball. Obviously, what he did at Notre Dame, he was very special. And then his NFL career. But bravo to him. I mean, that's the one thing. And and I have this debate with people because people want to act like in baseball that – they're not putting 30-year-olds on the shelf, but they really are. I mean, you're not yeah. seeing too many 30-year-olds get nice, long contracts. They're basically telling you 30-year-olds are almost over the hill. You start hitting 31, 32, 33. You're not. You've got a lot of life left. Good for him. Why not? Was he have to lose? He already has the money from the NFL. Continue enjoying yourself.
7: Yeah, and it was kind of interesting because it was around the time when Jeff Samarja. Was also a two-way player, two sport player, if you will. So yeah. he's they're kind of being compared to each other. Um, what are your thoughts on the pitch clock? Love it, love it. Okay, so what about this? What about additionally to the pitch clock, the minor league base or minor league baseball is implementing the limit of only two permitted pickoff attempts during that partic- particular plate appearance. So I kind of like it because I think there's a chance for the runner to take a bigger lead, which could result in more stealing of the bases. Now, last season, the pickoff and step-off limit experiment experiment at the A-ball level and the addition of larger bases at the AAA level contributed to a rise in both stolen base attempts and the stolen base success rate. So I think it can make for some more fun baseball.
4: Isn't it sad that we have gotten to a point that we have to do this just because front offices has they they have throughout, you really get to see not so much at the big league level, but more at the minor league level, what the front offices really want to do and how they really want to play the game that we got to come up with rules like this to combat how boring front offices have made baseball. And that's sad.
7: It's a little sad. Um, And the the thing about the pitch clock that always kind of worried me though, is these guys are stretched out to a certain way and they're used to, their warm-up pitches, and I think they'll adjust over time, but I get a little nervous about having to, quote, rush through that warm-up process, but I think they're adjusting pretty well.
4: Well, it's just, it's like, the game slowed down bad, but you're talking about a rule of how many times you can throw over to first base, because it's trying to encourage people to steal bases again, to take 90 feet, to add excitement to the game. The fact that we took this game to a three true outcome of home runs walks and strikeouts it made the game boring and long so if you got to make rules and by the way jessica in every other sport whenever there's a problem with scoring and making the game more enjoyable to watch whether it's been basketball football hockey they've all made rules changes to make their game more exciting
7: i agree and then this actual timer they did say Overall, at the AAA level, um, it cut 25 minutes off from a three hours uh, game time in 2021. So we love a two two hour and 35 minute game. So maybe that'll help it.
4: What do you think about? The, do you like pitch clock? Do you like these rules?
7: I'm whatever about it. The pitch off the the pick off attempt rule. I'm kind of digging. Um, I don't like how it doesn't give the pitcher more aptitude to reset and I know sometimes they just need to kind of shake it off a little bit yeah. but I do like the idea of the runner um toying with the pitcher a little bit more and the catcher I do like that aspect but um I do get a little nervous because you know sometimes the guys just want to throw the ball away and the only way they can do that is by trying to throw back to first or whatever so that kind of annoys me but I like a little little spice on the on the base path if you will
4: I do know there are times where you got to reboot. You need a little bit of time. You got to step off. You got to catch your breath. You got to do that. But the problem is, it became every batter. It became they—they were showing a batter in the super regional for Tennessee. Uh, They're taking on Notre Dame. This kid was getting out of the box and readjusting his batting gloves. Every single pitch, the umpire's like, get in the box. It's like, we've had to force. If players don't like it, well, if you guys would have not abused it, we wouldn't have had to go to these rules to speed you up. But you guys just took way too much time.
7: I agree. And if this does get implemented, that that means less booing when a pitcher throws to first. Because I hate when the fans do that. I think it's ridiculous.
4: I would like to see a lot more guys attempt stolen bases because it's one of the fun plays in the game.
7: Totally agree. Anything else quickly? Um, I do not believe so, but I'm excited to see you on Friday. I feel like this has been a very, very long road trip.
4: It has. It'll be great to be back at the Coliseum. Enjoy the game. You too. Coming up next, we got more right here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron.
5: If you work remote, Staples has you covered. A mid-mod desk chair to rejuvenate my ho-hum workspace. Staples has you covered.
8: A place to put my papers so I can be more productive.
7: A storage cabinet that I can roll out of the way on weekends.
5: Staples
0: has you covered with remote workspace solutions. And now get 25% off storage and filing products, chair mats, decor, and lighting with the purchase of an office chair or desk. Explore solutions for your remote workspace at Staples, the working and learning store, N72,
9: in-store only. This is A's Total Access. Jesse Goldberg's Strasser back in Oakland Athletics pregame, joined by somebody who plays for the Boston Red Sox, but he also plays for everybody. He's the organist of Fenway Park. His name is Josh Cantor. Josh, thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, thank you, Jesse. I appreciate it. I like asking the players, who did you grow up rooting for? For you, the baseball organist that you grew up rooting for is a weird way of saying it, but it was Nancy Faust, right?
10: Yeah, that's correct. Nancy Faust was the uh, organist for the Chicago White Sox for 41 years. She retired in 2010, um, and she's, I think, sort of widely regarded as kind of like the the giant of the field. She was the one who popularized um, walk-up tunes, who popularized modern repertoire, who popularized sort of clever commentary in the form of song to comment on a play in the game or a player on the field or something like that and she just was so good at it and so um generous with her knowledge so i first discovered her um when i moved to the chicago area at age 13 and kind of fell in love with her playing it was also coincidentally around the same time that i realized that like my uh, my dream of being a major league ball player was just not in the cards so um so it was very appealing to see this this alternate route um and then uh and I used to just hang out and watch her play all through high school. And then, some years later, when I was hired by the Red Sox, I called her up, and she said, "Come visit. Let's, you know, spend a couple days together. I'll teach you everything I know." And um, it was, you know, some of the finest training I ever could have hoped for. And we've remained friends and stayed in touch. And it's just been um, an extraordinary privilege to um, to have her as a mentor for this.
9: Way is
10: uh, I think the role is just to be part of um, the overall proceedings. You know, it's definitely secondary, like everything that happens on the field is the primary attraction. That's what people have, you know, paid good money to come see. Um, and, and then there are these other things, like the organ, um, that are part of the an extension of the experience, something um, pleasing, something uh comforting, welcoming, uh, nostalgic for some, but it's just a sound um, that helps people to feel at home, especially I think at a very old ballpark like Fenway.
9: There's the preparation and then there's the spontaneity because we don't know what's going to happen over these nine innings. What is that balance between prep and the spontaneous side of it? Yeah, I think
10: in the beginning when I started in 2003, I you know, leaned more to the um, advanced preparation side. Um, I had had a lot of prior training um, playing as like an organ accompanist for improvisational theater. So that was a good background to come from in terms of being comfortable with spontaneity um, but you know just wanting to like figure out my role and figure out how I fit in you know I wasn't as quite as adventurous in the beginning but then as I got comfortable and got my feet under me you know I just realized there were opportunities to try different approaches and then and just you know over time became very comfortable with the, the spontaneity of it so um, you know and I'm and I'm fortunate to have a DJ uh, who I work closely with and we're on a headset talking to each other the entire game giving each other cues and suggestions and feedback so we can play off each other, so we can uh, help each other out with ideas, help keep each other on our toes, um, make sure we both don't play at the same time. You know, sometimes it's like fielding a pop-up where you're (laughs) like, I got it, no, you got it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But you develop that rapport with the person um, and it's good to, you know, to kind of uh, have a musical partner for
9: it. Joined by Josh Cantor, the organist of Fenway Park. I like to ask a player, what's your finest memory? What's your finest moment on the field? Do you have a finest moment at the organ?
10: That's a good question. I guess there's a couple that come to mind as far as um, fine moments that happened to get a lot of attention, you know, like that went viral for a hot second. Um, one was when uh, the Yankees had a pitcher several years ago, and I'm embarrassed that I'm blanking on his name right now, but he got ejected from the game for having pine tar on his neck. And... Um, and as he walked off the field i played um uh there's an old elvis song we can't go on with suspicious minds and the first line is you know we're caught in a trap i can't walk out and because he's trying to hide the uh the pine tar and that was just one that i think because it was on national tv and there was a lot of you know media here who were paying attention and, and caught it and it you know kind of it made the wire service or whatever and then another actually this is oakland related um when uh, Pat Venditti made his debut, his major league debut, was at Fenway. Whenever that was, six, seven years ago, maybe? And, um, and probably people remember, but he was famous for pitching both left-handed and right-handed, which is pretty much unheard of. Um, so it was his first time playing in the majors, uh, and it was kind of a big deal, and you know, there's a lot of hype about it. And he came onto the mound, and was throwing his warm-up pitches, and I played um, an old Joni Mitchell song called Both Sides Now, and the press heard it, picked up on it, and for a couple of days there was, you know, a lot of attention for it. And that was one that was like, yeah, it was kind of a fun moment.
9: Do you have anything prepared for this upcoming homestead?
10: Um, you know, to be honest, I haven't even really given it too much thought yet. I know that the second game of the series um, is gonna be our annual um, Pride Night at the no, ballpark, so I will certainly um, have several musical selections that, uh, you know that will align nicely and and in a celebratory manner with that theme.
9: Josh, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jesse. Okay. The organist of Fenway Park, Josh Cantor. I'm Jesse Goldberg-Straussler. Now back to Chris Townsend.
4: I love the organ, I gotta admit. I'm a big organ fan. All hockey rinks got them. I love it when baseball has the organ, it's the best. We got more coming up next right here on A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron.
3: And he swings and flies one to right, deep in the corner. Marisna giving chase at the wall, and out it goes for Jet Lowry.
1: A's cast is your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. Visit athletics.com slash A's cast for on-demand and live coverage of the Oakland A's. Now back to A's Total Access with Chris Townsend, presented by Chevron.
4: We're getting you ready for game 2 between the Athletics and the Red Sox right here on Ace Cast time now for the stat of the day brought to you by Mechanics Bank. Well, I got to tell you the Boston Red Sox they've won 10 of 12 games in June and they've just been hammering their opponents. They have outscored their opponents in this 12 game span 55 to 26. That is very impressive. Now, the A's, unfortunately, and I hate to read this to you, but the A's, they have lost 15 of their last 17, and they've been outscored 105 to 50. So it's the tale of two different runs right here. One run, absolutely fantastic for the Red Sox. The other one for the Athletics, not so hot. Now it's time for the injury report brought to you by Kaiser Permanente, reminding you to stay safe, stay positive, and stay healthy. Visit kp.org today. We're going to stay away from the injuries. We're going to talk about something else. Jonah Bride made his MLB debut yesterday. I know a lot of people were looking forward to that. 26 years old, 23rd round uh, pick out of South Carolina. He was a game cock. Oakland now has an MLB high 10 players to make their major league debut this season. And he's the 21st rookie to play for Oakland this year, tying the franchise record set in 2008. I say good. More the merrier. Let's see as many players as we possibly can see this season. Want to see what players can help us now and what players can truly help later on coming up next part two of my conversation with national radio host or i should say national uh, host for sirius xm mike farron will join us right here on a's total access
0: like sports business is about winning Hitting the road with the family. On your way to non-stop adventures, no worries ahead. Cause you know you can stop at a Chevron station along the way. Get fuel for your car, fuel for your crew. That's Chevron with Tecron for unbeatable mileage and snacks for all. Coffee for mom, chips for the kids, cold drinks for dad. You know, for the road ahead. Toss in some laughs, out-of-tune singing, and a zillion Are We There Yet? And you just made lifelong family memories. Chevron, together ahead. You're listening to the A's Total Access Show.
4: Mike Fair from Sirius XM MLB Channel joined me earlier today on A's Cast Live from Yeah, Omaha, Nebraska, from the College World Series. But we're talking big league baseball first, and we talked about managers on the hot seat.
2: It's a good question because I don't know the answer to it. I think what we saw in both Anaheim and Philadelphia was a bit unique from the trend. I mean, there hadn't been a midseason firing since 2018, I think, when Mike Matheny was let go in St. Louis and replaced by Mike Schultz. I think that was the last time there had been a manager who was fired midseason before Girardi. So, you know, I just don't think it happens all that often anymore. And I I think part of it is because, you know, I think the role of the manager has changed, you know, over the last 40 years from somebody who has an input on personnel to basically having, you know, some input on what the lineup is and, and where guys go and just trying to communicate the ideas of an organization. And that's something that's changed a lot, you know, over the last 40 years. I think there was a generation of general managers that tried to get it that way that couldn't quite fight the inertia of of what was happening in the dugout and that that's evolved too. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, like who should be on the hot seat at this point? I don't know. I mean, like there's, I know there's a lot of screams for changes in Kansas city because they have been disappointing, but man, like they're, the thing about young players is if you're going to count on them, you're going to have to take a ton of lumps because there's nothing about player development. That's linear.
4: How much do you think the combine that we're now doing that a guy like Trout – because I always use Trout as the example because, like, even Billy Bean and Farhan – with the A's, didn't go to see him because the weather was going to be bad. Nah, it's New Jersey. No one ever comes out of New Jersey. How much will this combine, we saw it, I guess, last year, see it again this year, and how it will progress? I mean, we've seen the NFL combine go from what it used to be way back when to what it is now. How much do you think that will help with players, maybe not the very, very top guys, but other players getting opportunity to have all the eyes on them?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, you know, listen, most of the players that we're talking about at the Combine, at least the top guys whose names have been mentioned are there for meetings, they're not going to work out, right? And when you're talking about the top prep players in the country, they've probably been well scouted at events that are a little bit bigger and in some regards more competitive than a draft Combine would be, whether it's Perfect Game National or – team USA or the area code games or East coast pro or all of the above Um, or perfect game, all American under armor, all American. I mean, all of those things are things that happen for high school kids and then a full high school season. So I don't know how much it changes that. I mean, I might get some different evaluators to, to, I think the benefit of it is meeting with players, but I mean, this is a little different than, you know, we we already got how showcase baseball and, and events that, that kind of predate the combine have impacted players and that they're looking for the most arm strength, the most power. They're not necessarily focused on the fundamentals. At least at places like perfect game national, you're playing game competition too. So you at least can get some sort of a feel for that, even if it's just for a couple games. And if a guy's struggling, they'll roll an inning. It's not real competition, but it's more so than that. So I I don't know how much this combine is going to play out to be. I mean, it's a creative idea. I guess I'm still a little skeptical of it. I don't think that it's got the, the juice that certainly the NFL combine does. Is that because it's new or is that because those measurables in the NFL are a little different than what you see in baseball? I would tend to think it's a little bit of the latter than it is the former. But I, I mean, I think that there's you know plenty of these events. Like if you want to go like if the folks are in Southern California and Long Beach, they'll want to go down there for area code games. That's a really good ex- a chance to see the top high school players for next year's draft. You know, because you're going to see them in competition, you're going to see them in games, you're going to feel for what they look like, probably more so than, you know, fast-forwarding to the next June and seeing them take some batting practice, run some sprints, especially when the top guys are really just going to be there for meetings with teams.
4: When are you heading to Omaha, and what are you doing once you get there?
2: I'm here. I've been here. Is that your hotel room? A week and a half. I am. This is a residence inn. It's lovely, isn't it? Nice. Look at you, big-timer. I know. I've been here since last... Monday, because I did a week of Omaha Storm Chasers games, filling in for Jake Eisenberg while he was off Galavanna doing Mets games. So um, did that, had the guys from the Cessna's Barbecue doing the games last weekend with me, which was a lot of fun. Um, and so I like picked up my credential today, and I'm ready to go. Media day's tomorrow. I'll be here for the first four days of the College World Series. Excited about that.
4: Well, we just had uh, Coach Esker on, and the Cardinal yeah. did take two out of three from the Huskies, and they're going to be there. Have you been to the Drover for your whiskey marinated steak
2: yet? This is not my first rodeo Tommy. <laughs> so yes. Monday night, I was there. I was hanging out with Justin, the bartender. Uh, with a, I was there with a couple other friends. I got my uh, prime rib, uh, whiskey marinated, have a salad bar, a little loaded baked potato, uh-huh. some of the delicious wheat bread loaf, all of it. It was many mm, magnifique.
4: Sounds so good. So good. You can hear the entire interview, athletics.com slash A's cast. Up next, Emo with Vinny right here on A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron.
2: Who's feeling pretty good about the car they drive right now?
0: If Baby could talk, she'd say a lot. You'd know what she's thinking and what makes her happy. But unfortunately, Baby can't talk or remind you. You're the one taking her to daycare today, and she won't speak up if you drive straight to work like any other day and never think to look in the backseat. Every year, dozens of kids die from heat stroke in cars. No one is perfect, so set a reminder and always look before you lock. Where's Baby? Paid for by NHTSA. In the wee hours of the night, when everyone else is fast asleep, you're the one on third shift, burning the midnight oil. When a part fails and everything comes to a grinding halt, regardless of what the clock on the wall says, you leap
2: into action. Granger is with you and all the ones who get it done. With 24-7 customer support by phone or click to chat. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Ranger, for the ones who get it done.
3: This is A's Total Access. The series continues tonight. The A's and the Red Sox and pitching coach Scott Emerson is with us. And Scott, it's just two games in two very tough environments against two very hot teams offensively. What's your takeaway about Jared Koenig and what you've seen so far?
8: Well, for me, it just goes right back to that good fastball command, the ability to throw your fastball uh, to an area of uh, weak contact on the hitters. You know, we always want to stress to our guys that, you know, if hitting's time and pitching is disruption of timing, so when you disrupt timing, you can get soft contact. And how do you do that also is by commanding the baseball with that fastball and that changeup, the ability to move that fastball in to push hitters off the plate to go back down and away. And when he was able to do that and get the ball down the way, he got his outs. But when he left those balls you know, kind of up and close to the middle of the plate is when, uh, when he got hurt.
3: Can you explain the psychology of the mound visit? I know you do it often at different times of the game and different scenarios, but we saw you early last night with Jared and just the kind of thoughts you're trying to plant. And I know you always want to leave it positive, but the things that you're trying to emphasize.
8: Well, a lot, you're, you're trying to get them to, to execute their pitch execute their best pitch in a time of need. Uh, sometimes, you know, if you have the ability to, to pitch to a hitter's weakness, that is great, but you also got to go to your strengths as well. And uh, one of Jared's biggest strengths is that sinker down and away. And that's one thing on the first mound visit that I really tried to stress is get to your sinker down and away, get yourself a ground ball and let's try to turn two here and, and get out of this inning. And we ended up getting out of the inning uh, with limited damage. And You know, that's the thing that you want all these guys to do is find that happy zone, find that that place or that pitch that gets them into the right frame of mind. And, uh, you know, obviously you can't do it every inning and you can't do it every pitch. You only get five trips, but uh, that's why you always try to stress to your pitchers, the one-pitch mentality, but also be your best pitching coach is yourself.
3: What should I make of seeing uh, Lou Trevino, maybe for the first time in a while, break out some cut fastballs, having success with that last night, which was such an important pitch when he broke into the big leagues?
8: Yeah, I thought Lou uh, had one of his better games uh, over the last couple of years, to be honest with you. I thought he commanded his fastball. He used his strengths very well. Uh, the plan was to, to uh, throw that cutter again. You know, we we kind of changed the breaking ball grip on his curveball. That's kind of turned to a slider, which I really think, think is going to at the end of the day help out his cut fastball and uh, he threw that cut fastball last night with some conviction we saw some 94s on the scoreboard but we also saw good commanded fastballs as well he beat a couple guys with some good fastballs so uh, you know for Lou for me he's got great stuff it's about uh, being confident in himself uh, not overthinking and you know in the big leagues you got to throw the proper pitches at the proper times and I think he really did that last night.
3: When you talk fastball, James Kaproyan certainly comes to mind. He likes to use the fastball aggressively, you know, around 60%, sometimes even more. He keeps on saying after each start, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer. Five good innings against the, the Guardians his last time out. Where do you see Cap right now?
8: Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, to James' credit, you know, missing spring training and then uh, having all these uh, rehab games. It's not facing big league hitters. And then you got to get in here and all of a sudden face real lineups, what I call real lineups or big league hitters. And, uh, you know, James likes his fastball and it's about executing that fastball. And, but, you know, we all know that you got to show some other pitches as well to, to keep that fastball in good areas of the plate. So I'm looking for James to execute that fastball, use his off-speed when he needs to, and go out tonight and be the aggressor and put the ball where he needs to. And And when he does that, he has very good outings. And when you know any pitcher makes mistakes, it's tough to bounce back from. So hopefully tonight he goes out, he stays confident, and he executes his pitches.
3: Should we send it back to the South Bay Garage?
8: Send it back to Townie at the garage.
3: Tony, back to you. Yeah, we need Cap to find some
4: magic at Fenway Park. The A's got to get a victory tonight. Not going to be easy. A's-Red Sox, game two from Fenway Park in Boston. And we'll talk to you after the ball game.
6: This week at Macy's, give love, give style with an extra 25% off gifts for Father's Day when you use your coupon or Macy's card. Or shop specials like 25% off designer underwear, undershirts, and socks, polos from Club Room, Alfani, and more, $14.99 to $24, and a rugged Esquire bracelet for $24.99 with a qualifying purchase. Going on now at Macy's. Shop on the Macy's app to score deals, track savings, and mark your faves. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Oh, oh, oh,
0: O'Reilly! If your vehicle squeals or grinds when you slow down or just isn't stopping like it used to, you may need new brake rotors and pads. Now through June 28th at O'Reilly Auto Parts, get 15% off a set of brake best select or import direct brake pads and two rotors. Restore safe braking and save money now at O'Reilly Auto Parts or order online
2: at OReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Auto
0: Parts. (laughs)